So I know we said that we would talk about CM Punk again this week, um, but he didn't really do much of anything except cut a short promo like I'm home. So I think we're just not going to do that this week. We're just going to move on. Yeah, I think uh, we expected to have a wrestling episode this week and then they didn't really do anything. So we're not going to have a wrestling episode this week. Yeah, for those of you who tuned in based on the uh, the title of the episode and might be a little confused, we oscillate between being a wrestling podcast and a nostalgia pop culture podcast. Uh, so this week we're gonna we're gonna do the latter and talk about some cool stuff. It's such good shit. Welcome to Such Good Shit, a good podcast where the three of us who are brothers get together and talk about all the things that make Christmas movies such good shit. So that's right, this week, because it is December 1st and we don't want to wait any longer, we are jumping into the Christmas spirit and we are going to talk about Christmas movies. We are going to draft them, uh, doing our snake draft that we we like to do. Um, We've already done the randomizer, so the order is going to be me, Alec, and then Andrew. And we also, before we got on the air, we talked about the criteria, because I think that's really important. So, first off, the movie has to take place chronologically during Christmas, the Christmas season, Christmas Eve, week of Christmas, December, something of that sort. And so the second bit of criteria is it has to have the Christmas spirit. Right, like the whole, you know, family and the season and all of that. Like, there's got to be some bit of that in there. It can't just be a movie that just happens to take place on Christmas. There has to be something else around it that that makes you feel like this is a holiday movie. Right? I think we're all in agreement there, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the the boat of, I don't know how the hell we could get christmas movies wrong here like i just it would be mind-blowing if it happens andrew i encourage you to go get out on the internet and you'll see there are entire threads of people arguing what constitutes a christmas movie um we're stumbling onto a hotbed right here okay well here's the thing if we start having that argument during this episode i will i will give up I will let whoever wants to argue win because I it doesn't matter to me what a Christmas movie is. Well, that's why we set the ground rules. So we've uh, we figured it out. We solved it for the Internet. So hopefully we don't get flooded with comments about, oh, that's not a Christmas movie. You know, you just said something really quick that I think is important. We solved something for the Internet. And I think that's why we exist. We're going to sit here and whatever the topic is, we're going to tell you what's good about it for the good of the Internet. Yeah, we're problem solvers, and and we tell you what's good. Yeah. All right, so... So you don't have to. You don't have to think about it. It's cool. So uh, I get to start off, and um, this dubious honor... I always hate starting these, because it's always like... I kind of want to see what direction y'all go before I pick something, but I get the honor to pick the best Christmas movie uh, to draft on my side, and I'm going with Home Alone. Uh, the OG. Um, I, I'm old enough that I saw this in the movie theater uh, when it first came out. 
and it was amazing. And I thought this was one of the greatest movies. I think I was eight at the time, seven or eight. I thought this was one of the greatest movies I'd ever seen. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it's funny because it barely registered to me as a kid that it was a Christmas movie. All I saw was this little kid who was, you know, a little bit older than me doing all these cool things and, and, you know, beating up the, the burglars and all that good stuff. And I just thought it was the greatest. And then, uh, you know, we got that sucker on VHS, like the next year or whatever it was. And I watched that thing so much, so, so much. Um, and as an adult now, um, it, it's my wife's, it's one of her favorite movies. And so we watch it even when it's not Christmas, like we watch it a few times a year. It's just a great movie. Like it, there's very little wrong with, uh, with home alone. Breaking the fourth wall here. And you would know better than I, I had this weird childhood recollection that home alone was one of the movies that we had recorded off of cable. Probably. Um, and for, for those of you who don't know how uh, VHS works, <laughs> you used to be able to just pirate whatever you wanted directly off of live TV with the, you could basically just write to the tape from whatever was on the TV. So, and we did that a lot, um, but maybe it's Home Alone 2 I'm thinking of. I don't know. I, I have this distinct memory of like, there's a few seconds of what is this nonsense? And then like, oh, okay, the movie started. So we did a lot. And I hope the FBI isn't listening. We used to hook two VCRs together and we'd go rent the tape and copy the tape directly. Cause you could do that um, up till a certain and it's point. It's not just us, by the oh, way. No, this is why I mean, this is common practice. Yeah. Um, now the problem was later on, this was into the nineties. Uh, the movie places figured out people were doing this. So they put copy protection onto the tape. So if you tried to copy it, uh, and it was really ingenious. It would oscillate the, the image so that the the brightness and contrast would go way up and then way down. So like it was unwatchable. You wouldn't want to watch it. Um, but when that didn't happen, we would re- we would rent the tapes, and we didn't rent them from Blockbuster. By the way, we couldn't afford that. We would get them from Albertsons because uh, <laughs> they were like a buck, or we get them from Farmore, which was a uh, pharmacy, kind of like an like a Walgreens-ish kind of thing, a little bit bigger, but you could rent. Anyway, we used to copy them directly, VHS to VHS, or if they were airing on HBO or Showtime when they had the free uh, the free weekends, because we didn't really pay for those, uh, we'd record stuff from there too. So we, our home alone may very well have come from one of those sources. Yeah. Um, so I think... We, we we can do a little bit of planning live on the podcast here. I think we should actually do Home Alone as a deep dive, long format here in a couple weeks as a Christmas treat to all of our listeners. So if we're going to do that, I'm going to reserve my comments for when we get into it. I, uh, I agree with that. I think it's a good idea. I, the one thing I will say is I think when I was younger, I always felt Home Alone 2 was the better of the two well and, and, and that's why as, my as in a, well as an adult i recognize that home alone is it makes more sense home alone 2's got it's more fun really it's the one that you would probably watch 
But if you actually go watch the first Home Alone, you'll you'll find that it's a more well-rounded, well-told film. Yeah, well, so what Andrew said, uh, I was with you up until you mentioned growing up. I think you uh, you've let age wear you down. Um, I'm going to go with Home Alone 2, which I think is actually the better Home Alone movie. Um, for all the reasons that Andrew just said, to me, it's more fun. You've got a Donald Trump sighting in there. Um, I feel like as a kid, th- they were both great, but Home Alone 2 felt just way bigger. And I'm sure, Matt, you can attest to this, seeing it like as it came out. It- it's probably the most successful sequel since Back to the Future 2, in terms of movie sequels. I I don't remember. I mean, obviously we the can go back. The scale of the movie is gigantic. Yeah. Like, the, it is the, the, clearly a huge budget. I'm trying to put myself back in my shoes when I was a kid watching it, right? Because there's a big difference between then versus me watching it now. As a kid, I remember, again, seeing that in the theater and l- laughing my butt off because it was still hilarious. And, in fact, a lot of the gags that they did with um, – the wet bandits uh, were more extreme. Uh, there's a lot more physical abuse. Like they would have died way more in the second one than the first one. <laughs> yeah. No, ev- everything about the second movie is just it's bigger, amped up. more intense, including the violence but, and the harassment. But the script is verbatim. The first movie just in a different location, right? They didn't do much different. And I think that's what makes it so great is that it's the exact same movie. So you just decide, do you like it better in New York or do you like it better at home in their house in Chicago? (laughs) Yeah. And I just prefer the I prefer the New York. It's it's almost like and this movie does something great that I really like to this day with movies is when they go to a destination, you almost feel like you're getting a free vacation out of the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, Um so look, I and the iconic scene in the hotel room with all the candy and dessert, oh like God. every kid dreamed about living mm. that out. Um, so I and I'll take Home Alone too, and I'll add one more thing on here so you guys understand the strategy I'm working with. I'm I'm playing 3D chess, and you guys are playing checkers here. I had the risk of not having a Home Alone on my roster, Andrew, so I had to go in and swoop it now. To make sure that it didn't get taken, presumably with your second pick that because you're going to pick back to back here. So I think I had pretty well executed strategy and I deserve some uh, some praise. Yeah, I mean, look, Home Alone, both of them are some of the greatest Christmas. You got you got to have a Home Alone on your on in your roster. I mean, Andrew Andrew could pick Home Alone three. If he wanted to go home alone three and home alone four. Also, I think it really just the home alone double up on us. The one that they just did on Disney plus a couple years ago was Christmas. So like you could pick that one if you, if you wanted to. Alex under this impression that he's, he's playing 3d or 4d chess and look, I like home alone too. Um, I think it's perfectly deserving of this spot. I think Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 being the first two on our draft order is insane given the movies I'm about to say, uh, which you guys won't have on your roster because you thought that Home Alone was better than, uh, I don't know, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Not a fan. 
not, not yeah, a fan. You could have had that in the fourth round, Andrew. I was never taking it. That's absurd. You're both crazy. The movie's spectacular. It's an achievement in filmmaking, period. Um, and it's a great Christmas movie. Like I'm picking movies I actually probably will watch in in this month. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm planning on watching Home Alone One and Two this month. I mean, I could I could see that as well. Um, okay, so you guys have no thoughts on the Nightmare Before Christmas. Like we're just going to move on from that. You both don't like the movie. It's just not for me. I think Nightmare Before Christmas. The people who like it really like it, but I think most people. I would venture to guess that most people don't have it in their top 10, but the people who like it probably have it as like number one. Is it one of those kind of I, things? I can reason with that logic. I don't necessarily know that I um, believe it. I, you want me I to mean, tell you, you what could, it is you that I don't right. like? About I it? guess in this case, we have an example. Both of you wouldn't have put it in your top 10. And for me, it's my first pick. Do you want me so, to tell you why I, I, I'm not a fan? You sure. When I like, you'll see this trend as I go through my Christmas movies. But when I pick Christmas movies, I really like the more wholesome kind of uh, family fun, I guess you could say. And to me, Nightmare Before Christmas is a little bit. It's a really deep movie and it's a little bit intense. Like emotionally, for a Christmas movie. Yeah, I, I can see that. I don't that 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 kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Uh, like I like it as a movie, just not as a Christmas movie. If that makes sense. I get it. I understand what you're trying to get out of a Christmas movie. So let me let me blow you away with my my fourth pick here, then, because I, I, I do think that this is going to, you know, turn things around for I mean, I think I'm doing great. Uh, you guys are wrong and I'm right, but we'll all be able to at least get on board with this next one. Uh, so for my my uh, fourth pick, my second pick, I'm going to take the Santa Claus. I feel like the Santa Claus because there's been so many bad sequels, I almost like forget how good you watched the show. No, you kind of should. It's it's quite fun. It, it's very aware of how fucking ridiculous it is. That there's a like a show, but they like flesh out some like elf characters and like now he's got kids and they're like adults. And like the Jesus. son is like a autistic basically because he grew up in the north pole like it's crazy Jeez. yeah um i thought for sure so santa claus actually kind of surprised me i thought for sure you were going to take christmas vacation i figured that's 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 the other one to take other than home alone i don't mind christmas vacation but it is um a different generation. So I wanted to focus on like stuff that I actually remember from my childhood and not a, a movie that I appreciate as like a timepiece. Yeah. Christmas vacation is of another generation, but it's also timeless. Like that is like home alone. Isn't of your generation either, but it's still incredibly like relevant. 
and I know Christmas, Christmas vacation is an even further stretch, but you know, right? Because the Santa Claus came out when we were kids, I believe. Let's see, I think Santa Claus came out in '94. Ninety it came out in '94. Home Alone came out in like '90. Wow. The Santa Claus came out in '94. Yeah, Home Alone came when out. When did the 90... sequel come out? '97. Uh, Santa Claus Two, probably. Yeah, I thought they came out like. Why the fuck were they so far apart? That's crazy. Yeah, 2002. Why even? Why do I why know those dates? Do a sequel, Andrew. I feel like you're not giving me enough credit that I just hit three of those dates off the top of my head. I don't even know how you would have known that. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> no, but like, as when we were kids, like we didn't watch new movies. You know, like anything that we got to watch was like a year and a half old. Yeah. So that's that is how I kind of like track time. So it's like when you say something, it's like, oh yeah, we watched this in like this year. It's like, oh, it must have came out like a year and a half before that. But. So I picked the Santa Claus because um, it's one of the movies from my childhood that I will constantly come back to. Uh, especially now that like they have that show out, which is kind of ridiculous uh, that it exists at all. Um, but it's just an interesting universe, and it, it it's definitely a big nostalgia movie for me. It's it's the most Christmas movie uh, I think that I'm gonna pick out of every everything that I would consider selecting. It's the big like the most Christmas. It's about Santa. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, actually. It might be the most Christmas movie. Because there's no part of that movie that's not Christmas, right? It's entirely, it's a, he becomes Santa. Yeah. No, I I love the Santa Claus. Um, That, again, was one as a kid. uh, That was one and two. Home Alone and Santa Claus were the two where, Mm -hmm. like, when we were growing up, and we were watching a Christmas movie. It was yeah. one of those too. Yeah, I have distinct memories of watching Santa Claus um, in Mom and Dad's room when we lived in Florida, and laying on the floor in front of their bed, watching the TV, watching that movie. Yeah, that's something we did uh, a lot. Which, looking back at it, is crazy that mom and dad were, like, too lazy to go sit in the living room, so we had to sit at the floor of their bed. (laughs) Have you guys ever thought about how, like, messed up that is? Was there no explanation for, like, it wasn't because, like, the VCR was in their room No, they just didn't like watching TV in the living room for, like, a big stretch of time, remember? Mm -hmm. At night, they would always watch TV in their room, like, always. But they stopped doing that just out of nowhere. We may not... When we were in Florida, there may not have been a VCR in the living room um, until later on. But it's insane to put the only VCR in the house in your room and not in the living room. I'm trying to think. In in the first house, and granted, you were a you were a baby, so you wouldn't have even been around for it. I'm pretty sure the only one was in their room. By the time we moved to the two-story house, we would have had one in the living room and upstairs. So there were two at that point. 
but you're right. They, they never watched, they never would sit in the living room and just watch TV. Like in the evening, they'd always retire up to their room. Yeah. And so we would watch some of us usually you could get like one person could lay at the foot of like at the front of their mm-hmm. bed, like on the foot. And then everybody else would sit it's on the floor in front of the bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking at the TV. That's like six inches from your face. Dude, that's how quick side note. Cause I don't know when we're going to talk about watching TV in mom and dad's room again. Hurricane Andrew. I experienced hurricane Andrew on the floor in front of their bed watching the tv in their room because we slept we slept in their room that night is it not unhinged you can probably cut this from the main podcast that hurricane andrew occurs and then mom and dad have a kid and then name him andrew what a year and a half after uh hurricane five Andrew's years 96 five years later andrew's when 92 is, yeah and i'm just a fucking oh, calamity really? okay i'm keeping still, this in but it's way. still weird though isn't it no just pick a different name no, my know. name's great. That would be like being in, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Anyway, back to the Santa Claus. <laughs> it, it, that is a that is the pick I probably would have went with if I wasn't trying to like big brain you guys and kind of <laughs> fucked up my whole draft. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, the Santa Claus also, there's a lot of like weird food stuff in movies that I like remember mm-hmm. his dessert cup when he's like pigging out at the board meeting. I remember as a kid <laughs> being like, well, I want that too. So like there's two dessert themes in like three of these first movies. <laughs> yeah, cause... you've got the you got the Home Alone ice cream and then you've got his like mm-hmm. pudding cup that he's munching down on in the boardroom. Go back and watch that movie and watch that scene. You'll know what I'm talking about. Well, it he, does look fantastic. Well, because that's when he orders the lunch and he's like, oh, I'll have a chicken salad or a chicken Caesar salad. Oh, and then I'll have a, a sandwich. Oh, and then I'll have a brownie. Oh, and a chocolate chip cookie. Oh, and an ice cream sundae. Oh, and a, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. It's great. Andrew, uh, anything else you want to add on the Santa Claus? Um, no, I really, the head elf in that movie is fantastic. Bernard, what a fucking character. I like how he's so just angry in the beginning. Like he just expects that Charlie and, and, uh, Scott and everybody understands what's happening when they clearly have no idea. And he's like, I don't understand why you don't understand this. Dude, chill. It's so it's so interesting. Also, man, that guy looks a lot like Elijah Wood. Yeah, like, I just another... assumed it was him for a long time. Bernard's got another fun trope, which is anytime you've got a cur a curmudgeon in a movie, they've got to speak like they're from like Brooklyn or the Bronx. You know? Yeah. So literally just like a mystical elf, but he's just clearly from Brooklyn. Or the Bronx. No, he he really comes across as like a Jew from Brooklyn. <laughs> it not in a bad way, it's just very much apparent. All right, Alec, I think we're ready to move on to uh, your next pick. Yeah, um, 
I'll be honest, the Santa Claus threw me for a loop. Good pick. <sighs> yeah, because I think there's a little bit of a step down now. I'm going to go with a Christmas story. Okay. Um, Solid pick. Because now I think we're going to get into the timeless. Well, we'll th- this part two of the podcast will be the timeless picks. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm sure Matt will keep this trend going because I, I think I know your next pick will be one of two movies, but I'll go with a Christmas story. I feel like this is one that transcends generations. It's, you know, it's, it's a cool three generational movie at this point. And then they did the HBO follow-up, which was fun to watch, but I always get a kick out of watching these period piece Christmas movies it's interesting to see like what Christmas was like in the fifties mm-hmm. and granted the movie is made in the 80s, early eighties. So it's a flashback even at that point, but it's just fun to see sort of the, the change in like how department stores look or like, you know, kids getting a BB gun for Christmas. Like, I don't know how much that happens anymore, but right. And that was um, like one of the central things in that movie, which is it'll put your eye out. <laughs> like, cause obviously in the eighties we recognize, Hey, don't give kids guns. Yeah. Just barely. Like that was probably just starting. That, that was so. just barely. You're right. <laughs> um, um, the one thing also that I like about it, but and, and I'll be, I'm not a huge fan of the movie. Like I watch it once a year at Christmas time, but that's enough for me. I'm just not, that into it but the uh, carousel of progress connection um i mean the narrator is the narrator from carousel of progress and so i get a big kick out of that because it's they feel like it's one in the same in a way because of the time period and the all that it's very much a movie you could have seen so let me rephrase this they're obviously making a movie in the 80s, kind of poking fun at how wild the 50s Christmas experience was. But it's very much a movie you could have seen Walt making, like, at the time of, like, a Christmas movie. Right? So, obviously, without all of the um, sort of explosive scenes, and it, it would have been more, like, by the book. But it does have a very, like, kind of Walt Disney family kind of wholesome vibe to it. Other than the, you know, poking your eye out and cuss words and the nudie doll or the nudie lamp and all that stuff. But I really like it. I feel like there's a lot of life lessons in the movie. And so I think it hits on our number two rule quite a bit, which is it's in the spirit of Christmas. Um, and again, I just think it's timeless. I don't think anyone's going to look at my when, when this draft's all said and done, they're going to see Home Alone 2. And they're going to see Christmas Story. And it's like, you know. No one's going to bat an eye at what I've got cooking here. So it's a safe pick in some ways, but. All right. So it's back to me. Uh, Alec, I think you were wrong about what I'm going to pick. I mean, to me, this is a classic at this point. Um, It's. Honestly, when I was trying to decide if it was going to be home alone or this, it it, it was kind of back and forth. Uh, It's national lampoons, Christmas vacation. That is what I thought you were going to pick. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, that movie's 40 years old. The way you were talking about it was like, like it was going to be some wistful, like I was going to pick something from like the 60s. Well, no, I I just look at it as like anything prior to the 90s is like, okay, that's not contemporary. Oh, okay. 
Am yeah. I wrong about that? <sighs> I mean, it was from like 1989. So like, she's just barely making your cut off there, pal. Yeah, it's a great line. Yeah, but I mean, every every bit of this movie is just fucking amazing. The every single line from the movie is quotable. All of the gags, all of the Chevy Chase era comedy stuff, the slightly slapstick, the I don't know. There's just so much to love about this movie, but at at the heart, it's it embodies the Christmas spirit because everything he does is in service of I want to give my kids the best Christmas. I want to give my family the best Christmas. It's not even about himself. He's doing it for the family. Um, you know, the whole thing with the pool and he wants to get the Christmas bonus to get the family a pool. Like it's all in service of giving his family the best things he can give them. Um, and then I'd be remiss if I don't mention, uh, the yuppies next door that constantly get shit on. (laughs) Like just constantly like, Oh, like I like the first time you see them, they're coming home and Clark's out front cutting down the Christmas tree. And they, I forgot what they yelled to him. They yell something derogatory at him. Um, and Clark just like looks at them and, and like rips on the chainsaw and then flips up the mask and he goes, um, what does he say? It's something to the effect of like bend over and I'll show you where I'll stick it or something. I don't know. Um, and then the fucking, uh, the ice, the giant chunk of ice sliding out of the gutter through the window onto their fucking electronics and destroying everything. And then when they come home later on, it's just wet and broken. I don't know, Todd. <laughs> like, Oh my God. So good. I think, th- and this is probably a different podcast, but do you feel like this is the best, uh, vacation movie? Yes. I mean, the original vacation is right up there, but I think this one's a slight, because it's more focused, it's a little bit stronger. Yeah, it's so dense. Oh, mm-hmm. but even the original is so dense, too. There's just so much. Honestly, Chevy Chase is hilarious. Yeah. Like, that movie is... And look, I didn't take it with my first few picks because I it is very much a Christmas movie, but I almost don't really watch that one specifically at Christmas time. It's just a hilarious movie. get what i'm saying yeah like it's more like you could watch that year round like i don't know who's yeah. really watching home alone 2 in the summer but I, that's, you know that's true I've, I've watched christmas vacation you, you do national lampoon vacation marathons just has sure to happen. yeah um okay so no, it's my pick again damn you got another the, one coming i got huh? the double pick <laughs> well maybe you'll make it easier for me um man, I'm I'm kind of narrowed it down to two different ones right now. I think I have to go with uh, uh, my wife will kill me if she's listening, but I think I have to go with Jingle All the Way. Uh this was more of a, a more newer one. Um, although really in time-wise, this was only like six years after Christmas vacation, <laughs> but feels much 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 newer um but i love the 
as a kid, I liked it because it was all about the dad going out to get him the toy that he wants and everything. And as an adult, I can appreciate different aspects of the movie. Um, the Phil Hartman stuff is fucking hilarious. He's such a sleaze ball. Your wife's <laughs> cookies. They're amazing. Mm. <laughs> when they're at the game or whatever it is, and all the moms keep coming up to him and they're like thanking him for like fixing their fence and fit doing this. And he's like, Oh, thanks. Okay. It's just so good. Um, and then all the shenanigans that Arnold gets himself into the stuff with Sinbad is great. Like there's not really anything bad about it. It's just, The biggest problem with it is the fact that Schwarzenegger's character, and I forgot what his name is, doesn't have as much of the Christmas spirit as some of the other movies on this list, right? In the beginning of the movie, you see that he's spending more time at work and not focused on his family. And yes, he's doing all the stuff to get his son the toy that he wants and everything, but it's kind of like a hey, man, you really screwed up, and now you're trying to make up for well, it? Well, but he, he's learning a lesson. It's, that's true. He does learn the lesson by the end of it. That's the point of the movie. Well, actually, he doesn't learn his lesson because uh, there's a post-credit scene, where, which most people don't even know about, where the wife says something to him about something else he was supposed to get, and he's like, because <gasps> he didn't get whatever the fuck it was supposed to be. Yeah, it's like, there's like a birthday coming up or something. Or it's their anniversary. Whatever or, it is, he yeah. forgot the thing. I forgot the anniversary? Um, <laughs> that sounded more like the South Park, like the fucking Shewa guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but no, Jingle All the Way to me is more of a, mo- it's a modern classic. I, I'll throw that on anytime and watch yeah, it. I don't think that it's got the appeal of some of these other movies. So, I think what it is, we were a big Jingle All the Way house. I don't know how many of those houses exist. But I, I, Matt, I'm with you. To me, it's the most pleasurable watch on this list. Or it's as pleasurable a watch as any of the other movies on this list. Um, yeah. I don't know why it doesn't have like the uh, mainstream appeal of like a Home Alone. It is starting it's to get... It's got all the slapstick that... Right? It, it takes it a little... A little further, I think. Um, like, there's the whole scene with him in the mall chasing after the fucking ball because he needs the ball with the number to yeah. get one of them. And then, like, the moms, like, they think he's a pervert, so they're just, like, hitting him with their purses. And I'm just like, well, that's so fucking 90s. Well, like, let's nowadays, not forget whenever Anakin kills all the younglings. That, that's a different movie. Oh, wait, different movie. Different movie. He doesn't kill the younglings in this one. Um... Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good movie. But yeah, you're right. It's not the best. But I do. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It is starting to come around a little bit um, in the toy collecting community. Okay. They've put out in the last couple of years, Turbo Man doll, like Turbo Man, like action figures in the replica box and everything that you can buy. And those have been pretty popular. So there's still, there's a niche audience for this movie still. Um, before we get too far away from Home Alone, Santa Claus, and National Lampoon, um, 
I do want to say that all of those movies do a great job of using classic Christmas soundtrack. Like, I feel like my exposure to what quintessential Christmas music is came from those movies. Um, so it's I just want to throw that out there. Like, I think back to Home Alone, you know, and he's got the, all the lights and like you play through a couple bangers. There's the Santa Claus. Uh, Home Alone is they've got Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Yeah. Well, and what's but, crazy is also going back to Home Alone real fast. You know, John Williams did the score for that. And the Home Alone theme is very much a super memorable. I mean, it's not the kind of song that you're going to be like, it's Christmas. Let's throw this on. Right. But you hear it and it evokes all of the, the Christmas kind of feelings, you know. So I could go a lot of directions with this next pick. Um. I always struggle with these, whether or not it's our personal favorite versus the broader appeal. But I just feel like at this point in the draft, I'm going to take It's a Wonderful Life um, for two reasons. One, I think it's, by most people's account, the quintessential Christmas movie. Right? Like, that. that's the one that spans, like, since the advent of TV. <laughs> Um, right. Cause I think it came out in the forties or something like that. Um, and then the second reason is not just the broad appeal, but to me, the messaging, when I said like, it's in the Christmas spirit, this movie defines like what a movie in the Christmas spirit is, right? Mm-hmm. Like learning these important life lessons and like what Christmas is all about. Um, and it's just an absolute classic. I mean, I mean, you got Jimmy Stewart. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I hope kids still watch it when they play it on NBC on Christmas Eve or wherever the fuck they play it on. Um, I think it's an NBC movie. Yeah, where CBS. all the crazy new places they play my movie. <laughs> That's my Jimmy Stewart. It's um, best I got. I mean, any comments on It's a Wonderful Life? I couldn't not take it this late. No, 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 for sure. It feels like, and maybe I'm wrong, it feels like it's ripe for a remake, like a modern remake. And I don't mean like a movie like inspired by it. It's interesting they haven't tried to. Right? Like you could take that script, modernize it a little bit, but basically follow the same bits and just do it in a modern setting like why why have we not done that yet is it too it does sacred feel like it would it would, it would end up have. bad but yeah. that's never ever stopped them so it's interesting <laughs> that they're drawing the line there because like okay well i don't want to say it because if somebody else picks it but there's another classic movie from that same time period that did get a redo right i just why not this one I don't know. Andrew, what you got, man? All right. Uh, I'm going to hit you guys with two very controversial uh, choices here. Um, But in the spirit of how I'm doing this list, I'm picking these movies because there's a chance I might actually fucking watch them this year. So and and not this year, just because this year specifically, I want to watch them. It's just 
these are movies I would actually watch on Christmas. So that's why they're going to get picked. So I don't care how fucking unhinged it is. I'm taking Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm. That's not unhinged at all. I think that is a modern cut. Like when Matt said Jingle All the Way, a movie that's 30 years old, I think (laughs) How the Grinch Stole Christmas is actually a modern classic. Grinch is only like four years newer. It's not that much different. FYI. I just know, I mean, it's not necessarily a good film. It's just fucking wild. It's a great film. It is wild. Andrew, you made a great pick here. Don't yeah. don't undersell it. Why don't you tell talk us? Go about it? Cook, Cook King. Yeah, well, I I love the film. First off, it it's only as good as Jim Carrey, which is totally fine because he's one of the best ever to do it. Um, the Who's look fucking insane, and there was no reason to do that. Uh, I mean, you can see throughout the film. Jim Carrey's psyche just unraveling as he's playing this role. Um, it's just a lot of fun to watch it. It's a classic for me. One of my favorite scenes in that movie is the neighbor who like out Christmases, uh, the main girl's mom. She's got this machine gun to fire like Christmas lights up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I remember that. It's just like the movie is unhinged in so many ways. Yeah, they like tell you the Grinch's origin story and it's just like the adults were just really shitty, too. It's like this is crazy. Yeah, but also, I mean, he's an abomination, so. (laughs) He's a Grinch. Is Grinch a term that came out of the original story or is Grinch a term that existed first and then they made it's a Dr. Seuss, right? Matt, yeah, I feel I'm like gonna, this is your territory to look know this, this up while you're having this discussion with him. Repeat the question. So is Grinch an actual term first and then Dr. Seuss made the story. And yeah, named I think the guy a Grinch, Grinch. I think the term Grinch existed as just, you know, somebody that was being a butt, you know, okay. somebody's just being a dick. Okay. Okay, hold on. Um, okay, I'm getting mixed information from the internet. I probably have to spend too much time on it for it to be worthwhile. Uh, According to Oxford languages, the origin of the term Grinch is from how the Grinch stole Christmas. Uh, Jesus. Another thing says that the word was used in like a poem in like the, the 1800s. So I don't know. He I think they're saying that because he popularized it, but that doesn't count. So I don't think it fully understands my question. So we can just move on. Um, Once again, I'm going to be controversial here. I don't think because it's a bad pick, but you'll see what I mean. I'm going to take Mickey's Christmas Carol. Fuck! (laughs) This is an interesting choice. It's classified as a film, despite it being only about 25 minutes long. 
but it is something that I will go back to and watch every single Christmas Eve. And I think I did as a child every every year. Um, this was one I think, Andrew, we had a VHS of. Yes. or Because or, I, I can remember we shared a room when we were kids and watching this a lot. Like, not even just at Christmas. Yeah, no, I I love this short that they did. Uh, it's spectacular. Um, it's my favorite way to take in the story of the Christmas Carol. I think it's an absolutely... Uh, I, to be fair, that comes from the fact that the first time I ever watched the story was from here. So despite knowing this isn't the original by any means, um, it does hold that place in my heart. Wow. So, you know, what's funny is I actually was going to take that with my next pick. Clearly. Um, it, it, it unironically, there's no sarcasm here whatsoever. It is the best rendition of uh, of a Christmas, Christmas Carol, Carol mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I think Scrooge McDuck, as like an animated character, does the best job of any iteration of embodying like a Scrooge. It's crazy. They just, I don't know, they knocked out of the park. And this is like at a time where Disney was really starting to hit their stride with some of the animated stuff. This is at the dawn of that, right? Because I think this is the mid-80s. Yeah, 83. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, Well, again, I could go a few different ways here, but I I do think the field is starting to thin out a little bit. I'm going to go with the original Rudolph uh, animated movie. And I use animated loosely because it's stop action or whatever you and, call it. And movie loosely because it's like a 20 minute um, TV special. But I think that of all of those, because they did Frosty the Snowman and there's like a few of them that came mm. out in, in that time period. I think that's the best one. And it's another one where I do remember as a kid, this wasn't really like a Christmas Eve one, but like a during the season, it would be on the TV. Um, And I just think it's a wholesome. uh, I mean, it's a quintessential Christmas uh, story, right? There's a whole song about it. Yeah. Um, So I don't think you can go wrong there. Uh, So I think is that my fourth pick? Yeah, that's it. So I've got Home Alone 2. I've got... uh, A Christmas Story. I've got Rudolph. Do I have It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. You do, yeah. It's not a bad... Kind of on the older side. You got classics. Yeah. I think I got good value because you guys weren't picking the classics, but... All right, Matt, take us home here. All right. Well, I'm going to pick a more modern one. I think I've been going chronologically newer as I've gone. Um, I'm going to go with Elf 
Um, I think Elf as a modern Christmas movie, it's probably one of the last newer movies to work its way into the conversation. Um, you know, it's got all the things that, that we've talked about from all these other movies. It's got spirit. It's got heart, right? He has good motivation, right? He, he just wants to find his dad. Uh, and he wants to bring Christmas spirit everywhere he goes, uh, even to the detriment of everybody else around him. Um, it's, you know, it's not my favorite, but, you know, I won't, if it's on TV and I'm scrolling through, like, I'm not going to pass it up. Uh, and it definitely sets the mood for, you know, the season. Matt, I think you'll appreciate why I dislike this movie. Um, mm. it was on a loop when we worked at Target and I just oh. despise it now. I can't, I don't ever want to see it again. Well, don't never that. fear, I Matt. I still appreciate the film. I don't go out of my way to watch it often. Uh, I think because even I never experienced the Alex case scenario, but outside of that, I mean, if you go to like Christmas parties and things like that, you just see um elf everywhere it's i get enough of it without actually attempting to watch it that being said it's because it's good overrated it's definitely overrated but it's good it's still a good movie i don't think that uh we've had a funnier christmas movie since elf i can't think of one and that's sad because honestly, I think the movie's what, like 20 years old now? Uh, yeah, it came out in 03. We're just not making them like we used to. No. And that's that's kind of sad that we don't have a more. Like, we don't have a modern Christmas classic, like the most classic thing we or most modern one we have is probably 20, at least 20 years well, old. We don't have modern classic anything now i mean when was the last time a major like comedy came out that you would consider a classic or action movie for that matter? well i guess john wicks but you know you know what i'm saying yeah um are we doing honorable oh mentions there is or? one there is one that's kind of a um i hate this movie polar express. but i know a lot of people like polar express yeah, yeah i'm not a, that movie is it's fine well over 20 years old i think that's 2005 it's probably about the same it's probably about the same age as elf actually yeah they need to redo that and i don't mean like make a new version i mean go into the original files when you guys cg'd that thing and fix it so it doesn't look so fucking weird fucking yeah i, I mean that's they just shouldn't have made the movie that way i, I mean I it's the art style it. from the book i like but it. like um yeah, it, it's funny you bring up the book because we're not going to do a draft on books, but that like Polar Express, there was there's like a ton of short versions of Polar Express that you can get like picture books mm-hmm. for kids that are great. And then obviously like the night before Christmas. Um, a couple movies we left off that I feel like we need to talk about a little bit. Bad Santa. I think is universally seen as like a classic Christmas movie for maybe the wrong reasons. And then die hard <laughs> a similar vein where I, I think we kind of steered clear of the more like edgy picks, but 
If we if we went one more round, I would have probably picked Die Hard. Yeah, Bad Santa was on my list every round. I was kind of looking at it and just couldn't pull the trigger. Um, one that we didn't do that I was kind of surprised and was the one I, I held off on mentioning was Miracle on 34th Street. Um, not that that's particularly a favorite of mine, but you know, there's the original and then they did the remake in like 98 or 99 or whatever it was. Yeah, I think for me, I had that and it was, well, I'm not going to take that and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And you guys just weren't really digging the classics for whatever reason. Yeah, I tend to stay in my lane. <laughs> um, I'm going to comment on movies that I actually experienced as a child, not movies that I came to appreciate as I got older and went back. Uh, those kind of so some of the movies you guys picked um, may have been things that you guys watched when you were kids. But by the time I came around, we were watching the shit that I voted for. So I kept kept to my shit. Um, one that I wanted to, to mention, this is, it's not a Christmas movie, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it now. It's planes, trains, and automobiles. It's technically a Thanksgiving movie, but to me, it's so intrinsically linked to Christmas, the Christmas season that like, it's as much a holiday movie as, uh, anything else on this list. Um, there is one I want to mention, not because it's a great movie, but because I find it so fucking disturbing. Do you guys remember the movie, and Matt, maybe you will, I doubt Andrew will, the movie Jack Frost? Yes. It's an incredibly disturbing, I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but just a winter movie, where... Wait, are we talking about the 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 murdery one, or the one with Michael Keaton? The Michael Keaton one, which is even more disturbing okay. than the murdery one. Um So you've got this guy who like he gets in a fatal car accident um, driving on snowy roads and Mm -hmm. then is reincarnated as a disturbing snowman and and is scaring the shit out of his like widow and his like child orphan child. Yeah, I I don't. Is it at Christmas? I don't remember if it was Christmas or not. That's kind of why I didn't. I, I, I was going to take comes it back. It's just fucking fucked up. Andrew, you should go watch that. Michael Keaton is plays a dead snowman. I will. I will take a gander. I mean, we could probably just cut that from the podcast itself, but I just want to get that in there while we we're chit chat. So, so what's fun is so that Jack Frost came out in 1998. However, a year earlier, another Jack Frost in which a murderer gets um, killed with um, some random, like, scientific waste, becomes a murderous fucking uh, snowman. So, it's literally, it's almost like, if you saw it now and didn't know any better, you would think it was a parody of the Michael Keaton movie, except it came out before the Michael Keaton movie. They did one a few years ago where I think it's called Krampus, where Santa's like a murderer. Yeah. That's the yeah. kind of shit that I was trying to make sure we did draft in our Christmas. Yeah, uh, no, of course not. No. So I guess do you want to do like the outro stuff here and then we'll uh, 
because my computer's yeah. about to die. So yeah, um, so that, yeah, this was um, such good shit. Um, if you like what you you heard, go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast listening platform you use. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Such Good Shit Pod, and email us at Such Good Shit Pal at gmail.com. And then, do we have any parting words before we part ways on this frosty winter's night? Stay cool, guys. Stay cool? What, what are you, Joe Camel? What is this? Stay frosty. Okay.